This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to Comedy Central. Coming to you from New York City, the only city in America, it's The Daily Show. Tonight, Election Day is almost here. Investigating the poll worker shortage. And Gabriel Iglesias. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for coming out in person. We've got a massive pre-election show for you tonight. Donald Trump is coming for Ron DeSantis. Democrats are more nervous than a chihuahua in a rainstorm. And I guess everyone has a good relationship with their fathers because no one wants to work the polls. So let's do this, people. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. Before we get into the big stories, let's catch up on a few other things going on in the world. Starting with our old friend, COVID-19. According to the CDC, there are now six new variants, all competing to become the dominant strain this winter. (laughs) What they don't realize is that they're all competing with a strain that's already infected most of the country called the I don't give a shit about any of this anymore strain. I feel a little bad for the variant that becomes dominant now, you know? (laughs) Yeah, because, like, everyone has stopped caring. It's kind of like if you won an early season of American Idol, then you were famous. But if you win season 34 now, it's just a story you tell your coworkers at the coffee machine, you know? (laughs) And it's like, I'll have mine decaf. I don't know if you saw me last night. I won the American Idol. Okay, I'll have that report to you soon. Thank you, sir. (laughs) But remember... To all those COVID variants competing against each other right now, I just want you to remember, it's not about winning or losing. It's about this, all right? <laughs> Getting into someone's lungs and ruining their week. Remember that. In social media news, on Friday, Elon Musk kicked off his new job as the head of Twitter by, by laying off. <laughs> I like how you built your booth. 
kicked off as the head of Twitter by laying off half of the workforce. Yeah. He even fired the bird. It was terrible. <laughs> I was last seen in a parking lot dick for worms. <laughs> oh, relax, relax. A dick is just a bigger worm. But it turns out, it turns out Musk got a little ahead of himself because this morning he's reportedly trying to rehire dozens of people <laughs> that he just fired after realizing that he actually needs them. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna put it out there. Uh, if he's handling Twitter like this, I don't know how comfortable I would be going with this dude to Mars, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't want Elon walking into my cabin one day like, uh, hey guys, turns out I accidentally uh, fired the team that was bringing the oxygen. Uh, <laughs> but we'll be fine if we just stop breathing for 69 months. <laughs> <gasps> In, uh, in sports news, in sports news, congratulations to the Houston Astros, who beat, who beat the Philadelphia Phillies on Saturday to win the 2022 World Series. Yes, and this was great news for Texas, except for all the people who had to see Ted Cruz smile. <laughs> and I feel bad for the people in Philly. You know, they're blackout drunk, fighting in the streets and then they had to watch their team lose. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some of the biggest stories of the day. Starting once again with the midterm election. It's that time in American politics where the voters get to send their order back to the kitchen because they don't like how it tastes. Mm, too much inflation. Anyway. <laughs> With the big day happening tomorrow, it's time for us to catch up on all the latest updates in our ongoing coverage of Vote Demic 2022. people. After months of campaign speeches, TV ads, spam texts, and fundraising emails, the midterms end tomorrow. And I'm glad, especially because I won't be getting any more of those spam texts. They were killing me. Especially the ones that start like a booty call, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, hey, Trevor, you up? I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> to save the Senate? Aww. <laughs> but tomorrow, it all ends. And with so many tight races, both parties are pulling out all the stops. Down to the wire, a wall-to-wall -wall weekend of campaigning in the battlegrounds. Candidates locked in neck-and-neck -neck battles, bringing out the big guns. The biggest names from both parties spanning out across the battleground states that will decide control of Congress. Three presidents, past and present, flooding Pennsylvania, holding dueling campaign rallies. Fundamental rights are on the ballot. Democracy itself is on the ballot. The stakes are high. Now, even Oprah Winfrey has now jumped into this race. She discovered Dr. Oz, worked with him for years, but now announcing her endorsement of Fetterman. But I will tell you all this, if I lived in Pennsylvania, I would have already cast my vote for John Fetterman for many reasons. Wow. Oprah Winfrey. Coming out. And not just coming out, she came out against Dr. Oz, the man she created. The TV doctor she made famous. And that's always how it goes, people. At some point in life, you have to kill the monster you create. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Frankenstein and his creature, Obi-Wan and Anakin, parents and their kids. <laughs> Every parent knows the day will eventually come when you have to fight your children to the death to determine who will control the remote control. <laughs> but still, Oprah going for Fetterman must have broken Dr. Oz's heart. Luckily, he has the perfect cure for that. Dr. Oz's Broken Heart Dietary Supplement. It'll enhance your mood and only turn your poop yellow some of the time. Get it now.
now before the FDA outlaws it again. <laughs> now, it's not just Oprah. It's not just Oprah. The Democrats are bringing everyone out. Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, which you have to admit is bad news for the Democrats, right? Because the bigger names that you bring out to support you in the midterms means the worse you're doing, right? Like if I was a Democrat in Pennsylvania, this would be making me nervous. Yeah, we'll just be like, guess what? Obama is coming to the rally tonight. Oh, boy! And he's bringing Beyonce. Ah, oh, shit, we're so screwed. <laughs> and the truth is, Democrats are nervous right now because they've got a lot stacked up against them in this election. Inflation is high. Crime is up. Pickleball is taking over for some reason. <laughs> and all of that is sending Democrats into full-on panic mode. President Biden is warning that American democracy is at risk, but it may not be enough to stop a red wave tomorrow night. A lot of Democrats, whether they're elected officials, party leaders, strategists, are panicked that they feel like things are not going well for them in the midterms right now. President Biden heading to traditionally blue Maryland today after a stop Sunday in another Democratic stronghold, New York. Vote! Get out the vote! Now! The president giving a last-minute boost to New York Governor Kathy Hochul, running in a now unexpectedly tight race against Congressman Lee Zeldin in a state that hasn't elected a Republican governor in two decades. Yeah, that's how bleak it is looking for Democrats right now. They're scrambling to salvage a governor's race in New York. New York, which is crazy. New York is supposed to be a given for the Democrats. You know, this, this is like having to beg your stalker to like one of your posts on Instagram. <laughs> She's like, come on, man. My feet are in this one. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I know. It's just not doing it for me anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, the expectations are that Republicans are going to have a very good election and that Democrats are in deep trouble. But keep in mind, keep in mind, that's all based on the polls, which, I'll be honest, bugs me about American politics. Because, like, polls are just, like, an idea. It's like what a person says, what they maybe are going to do. And that's why they're often wrong. In fact, these days it feels like they're wrong a lot more than they're right. You know, if you went by the polls in the last election, like, think about it, Susan Collins would have lost her election by six points. Instead, she won it by nine, right? Lindsey Graham was tied in the polls, but instead he destroyed his opponent. And according to the polls, Joe Biden was supposed to win by eight points. Instead, he had to steal the election. I mean, <laughs> you don't know. Reasons. There are a lot of reasons why the polls could be off. You know, you don't know. Maybe the posters are biased. Uh, maybe people who are answering are answering sarcastically, like, oh, I'd love to vote for Joe Biden. But the poll doesn't get that. Or maybe the polls could be wrong because the only people who answer polls are the craziest people ever. Have you ever answered a poll? Huh? No. Yeah. If you got a call from an unknown number, you don't answer. What are you, a creep? In fact, anytime a pollster gets someone to participate, their next call is probably to the police. It's just like, hello, 911. Yeah, someone just picked up my call and spoke to me for 10 minutes. You should go check their freezer for body parts. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's worrying. But even though the 2022 election isn't over yet, it looks like the 2024 campaign might already be underway. According to reports, Donald Trump is planning to announce another run for president as soon as the midterms are over. Yeah, but he's gonna wait for the midterms first because he wants to do the responsible thing and see if his election deniers get into power so they can steal the election for him. He's waiting, it's good. <laughs> and even though he hasn't officially announced that he's running yet, Trump is already taking shots at some of his rivals in the GOP. 
Donald Trump, meanwhile, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis held competing rallies in the state of Florida yesterday. While Trump urged Floridians to vote for DeSantis in his race against Democrat Charlie Crist, the former president also took a swipe at the governor as a potential 2024 opponent. We're winning big, big, big in the Republican Party for the nomination like nobody's ever seen before. Let's see, there it is, Trump at 71, Ron DeSanctimonious at 10%, Mike Pence at 7. Oh, Mike's doing better than I thought. Yeah, I thought he'd be dead by now. I guess there's always next time he's doing better. By the way, I love how Trump always gives speeches on the tarmac right in front of his plane. Have you noticed how he does, like the door is open, the st- it's almost like he doesn't want to spend one second longer than needed with those people. He's just like, keep the engine running, I want to leave this shithole town as soon as I say goodnight. In fact, just dangle me from a helicopter and pull me up when I'm done. I want to get out of here before these rednecks can touch me. You saw what they did to Mike Pence, these people are dangerous. But the reason that speech is going viral is because of that bitchy little swipe at Ron DeSanctimonious. Yeah, you saw that breaking out a classic Trump nickname. I mean, at least we think it was a nickname. It could have just been Trump trying to say DeSanctus. You know him. <laughs> DeSanctimonious. And, and what makes the story even better is that apparently Trump has been privately testing nicknames for Ron DeSanctus. <laughs> yeah, which is amazing to me. The man is at a meeting with his team of lawyers and he's like, all right, all right, enough of all the ways that I could go to jail. What do you guys like better? Ron DeSanctimonious or Ron DeShithead? Which one? (laughs) Right now. Right now, it looks like a Trump versus DeSantis feud is breaking out into the open. And you know, usually when two men fight in Florida, it's at a Margaritaville at 1 a.m., but this, (laughs) this is a lot more high stakes, which is probably why a lot of Republicans are upset with Trump for going after DeSantis. Yeah, because they're like, what are you doing? We love Ron DeSantis, he's our guy. And Trump is like, yeah, I know, that's why I hate him. (laughs) Because you see, People don't realize that's the one thing Trump hates more than anything, is anyone having what he thinks should be his spotlight. That might be the thing that destroys the Republican chances in 2024. Donald Trump cannot stand not being the center of attention. Yeah, I bet he got jealous when his kids were born, you know? (laughs) He's like, congratulations, it's a boy. He's like, I'm also a boy, and I've been a boy much longer, so long. Many people in the hospital are saying, best boy of all time. All right, that's it for the headlines. Before we go to a quick break, let's check in on the stock market with our finance expert, Michael Costa, everybody. <laughs> Michael, crazy, crazy times in the economy. What is happening in the market today? I am crushing it. I mean, I also, I bet big on the World Series. I did. You know, some of you think sports betting seems risky, but not the way I do it, Okay. Here's what I did. I bet on the Astros, and I hedged against the Phillies, so I actually won on both sides. Then I packaged the winnings into a credit default swap that I sold off to a retirement community in exchange for equity into their homes. Now, it's it's complicated, but all you need to know is that I own most of your grandmother's houses now, okay? It's called finance, all right? Now, I got a hot tip for you, so pay attention, okay? I got a hot tip for you. But first, let's get to this chart, okay? Look, this is Twitter 
going private. And this is the biggest thing to happen to Wall Street since the cocaine shortage of 96, all right? Now, I was there, Trevor. It was the scariest hour and a half of my life, okay? Now, Twitter was a publicly traded company. And then after this, right here, it's private, okay? Does everybody understand that? Public, private. All right, your opinion matters here because you're a member of the public. But then after a single owner took over, everybody can shut the f up about Twitter, okay? <laughs> Unless you have $44 billion, it doesn't matter what you think of Twitter. Twitter, t Trevor, what do you think about Twitter? Well, I, I think it doesn't matter what you think, Trevor, okay? Okay? Yeah, I hate to do it. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks about Twitter, all right? Now, here's what I think about Twitter. <laughs> Elon Musk is having a tough time with Twitter right now, and here's how we know that, Trevor, because everyone on Twitter is talking about Twitter. That's not good, okay? It, it's like in my house. When things are going great, I'm talking shit about the neighbors. But when my wife sits me down and says, we need to talk about us, well, obviously, she did something wrong, okay? And, <laughs> Everyone's questioning Elon's decisions and what he's doing, but let's not forget, the man has 10 kids, right? You know how overwhelming that is? I have one kid. Last night my hair was in pigtails, I'm wearing lipstick, singing the Frozen theme song. My son is 17 years old, all right? The, the point is, kids drive you crazy. I mean, look what Elon did. He fired people, now he's hiring the fired people back. He begged advertisers to stay. Now he's threatening them if they leave. But, but of course advertisers want to leave. Twitter's getting too toxic. Can you imagine if you're a brand now? You don't want to be on the timeline. It's like, Nazi, Nazi, cheese doodles, Nazi, Nazi. You at least want it to be like, cheese doodles, Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. Oh, look, 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 look the tricky situation that Elon finds himself in is that Twitter is private now. Remember? This is the part of the chart where I told us to shut the f*** up, right? But it's a platform that only runs on public opinions. So if everyone leaves Twitter, it's worthless. Which brings me to my hot tip, all right? If you have 44 billion, just keep it. Back to you, a great tip for all the people with 44 billion. Michael Costa, everybody, all right. When we come back, Desi Lydic will find out even more reasons to be worried about the election. Don't go away. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. 
Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. After two years of voter fraud accusations and capital riots, it's no surprise that Americans have become less confident in their elections. But as Desi Lydic discovers in her new series, America's election infrastructure may be in even worse shape than you think. Hello again, I'm Desi Lydic. Elections, they're a good gauge for measuring who your class considers the smartest, prettiest, and coolest. Unless you're up against Rachel Pearson, who just brought everyone cupcakes because her dad is rich. But is our election system as foolproof as we think? I continue to investigate in my ongoing Pulitzer grab of a segment, Vote Demic 2022, our crumbling election infrastructure. <laughs> you, Rachel. Previously, I explored the paper shortage that could affect ballots this election. That's you. But something tells me that's not the only problem we're facing. I'm back with Tammy at Democracy Fund. Tammy, we gotta talk. To find out what else could go wrong. So last time we discussed pre-election, what about election day itself? What are we looking at? We don't have enough poll workers. What? So part of the challenge with poll workers is that we need hundreds of thousands of them every election. And in this moment, we have a lot of people that are saying they don't want to come back. Some of our former poll workers are aging out. We don't have as many young people stepping in. And part of that is because of the incivility that we have around elections right now. People are being threatened and they're not really wanting to serve in a role where they subject themselves to um, the onslaught of ridicule sometimes from their, their fellow community members. Yeah, if they wanted to do that, they would become comedians. Just kidding. But Tammy's right. It's becoming harder and harder to find Americans to be poll workers. We have a poll worker shortage in this country. There's a poll worker shortage. Because of the constant barrage of harassment at our office, a lot of us across the state are worried about how it will affect even poll worker recruitment. And under these conditions, why would anybody want to work the polls? In elections, it tends to really be all about the food. So if you talk to poll workers, the election day potluck. There's a potluck? You will not believe their enthusiasm around the topic, who should bring what, who doesn't bring enough. I love a potluck. I love a potluck. I needed to find out more about this potluck, so, uh, poll worker problem. So I'm in Maryland, one of the many states with low poll worker numbers, to talk with election director Tracy Dickerson. Can you explain to me what a poll worker does? A poll worker is our first line of defense. Without them, we cannot run an election. They check in voters, they issue ballots, and they also um, maintain the integrity part of the election. Do you ever just for fun try to get people to vote one way or the other? No, we don't do that in here. We're election officials and we're 100% nonpartisan. Right, nonpartisan, completely nonpartisan. Absolutely not. We take it serious. It's serious. We, we, don't, we don't joke about that in here. No, I, no, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't joke. Stop winking. Why are we experiencing poll worker shortages right it, now? 
it's, it's hard to say. Uh, the atmosphere in elections has, has drastically changed. Some poll workers receive threats or when people come in to vote, they get stuff thrown at them. I don't know if that is an issue, but they're in dire need. And I believe they're in dire need across the country. Have you tried offering some perks, stock options, 401k, that sort of thing? Unfortunately, that uh, poll workers are only more or less volunteer. So people basically do it for their community because their job is so important. You cannot run an election without them. So would you say this is a thankless job or an incredibly thankless job? Uh, yeah, it's a thankless job because nobody thinks about it until it's an election year. And they just assume that the polling places show up and that they're just there. Someone should come along and just say thank you. Just say thank you. And someone will because you deserve it. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. I heard that there's a potluck happening where people bring a lot of delicious food. Is that, is that true? Absolutely. They actually set up full-fledged banquet-type meals. Is that free to the public? No, it's, basically, it's for the poll workers. Right. And how do I become a poll worker? You could sign up and take training. I decided to give poll worker training a try and was learning a lot. But when it came to the most important part of poll working... I heard there was a potluck situation. When does that start up? Does that start now? Potluck could happen on Monday night or Election Day. So that's not happening today. <laughs> okay, so if potlucks aren't going to save democracy, what is? My name's Joe Plunzler. I'm a veteran, and I'm also a board member with Vet the Vote. What is Vet the Vote? So Vet the Vote is a nationwide public awareness campaign to recruit 100,000 election poll workers this year. What have you learned from being a poll worker? You know, if anyone doubts, like, how polling stations are run or the outcomes of elections, of like, come in and see the process. You'll see, like, the two-party integrity around every voting machine. I mean, if you come in the door a skeptic, you're going to leave a believer, guaranteed. And coming from the military, you know, a poll worker is kind of like the same thing. I mean, you're... You're helping your community, not at the level of politics, but at the level of civics, to make some democracy. I'm convinced. I wasn't actually convinced, but I'm a sucker for a power vest, so I decided to finish my training. This is pretty high tech. This is some hacker stuff right here. We don't say that around here. Sorry. So this is a zero report, and this shows to the public that this machine has arrived at the polling place in the state that it left this building with zero votes on it. So. This much paper is required to show zero votes. Correct. I know why there's a paper shortage. I may not have been able to fix our broken voting system. Just like this? Just like that. I broke it. But I will say that if voting goes smoothly in your county, you have a poll worker to thank. Thank you so much for that, Jesse. Let's stay tuned because when we come back, international comedy superstar Gabriel Iglesias will be joining me on the show. You don't want to miss it. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. 
Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. is the first comedian to perform and sell out Dodger Stadium. He's here to talk about his new stand-up special, Stadium Fluffy, which is streaming now on Netflix. Please welcome Gabriel Iglesias. Iglesias. What's up? Welcome to the Daily Show. Thank you. This is awesome. This is ridiculous, right? Yeah, it only took seven years. No, no, don't don't even try that with me. Don't even try that with me. I invited you from the moment I got this job. I was like, yo, Fluffy, you're gonna come on the show. You are maybe the busiest person in comedy that I know of because you're always on the road, you're doing massive shows, and now massive is an understatement. Let's start with that. Congratulations, first of all. Not just selling out Dodger Stadium, selling it out twice. Like, what does that even feel like? Man, as far as, I mean, it, it's surreal. It, it's very surreal. It's like, you know, it's the biggest thing I've ever done, and I did it at home. You know, it was just, it was the greatest night of my life, and it was documented. That's beautiful. Yeah. That isn't, when you're performing, I, like, I would love to know, because for those who don't know, so Gabriel Iglesias is one of my favorite people in the world. Like, not just as a comedian, but as a human. When I first came to the U.S., right, he came to one of my shows. No one knew who I was. Came to one of my shows, waited till everybody left. I was like, ah, oh, this guy's like a creep. Um, <laughs> everyone was gone and then he came up to me from the back of the room and he's like hey Trevor and I was like yeah and he's like um, my name is Gabriel Iglesias you don't know who I am but I'm a comedian out here and I think you're very funny and I'd love for you to come on the road with me I know you're big in South Africa but no one knows you here so I don't want to offend you and you took me out on the road with you and Truly, that may be some of, like, some of the, my, my favorite memories I've ever had in life. You took me to El Paso, Texas. You took me to Erie, Pennsylvania. You took me to... And so, like, what I'd love to know is how it feels to perform, because what, what, what I love about your journey is there is no club you haven't been in, there's no theater you haven't performed in all over the world, and now it's stadiums. Like, what's different about a stadium that you love, and then what is the thing that you miss about a tiny little club? Uh, what's awesome about a stadium is, first of all, just saying you're at a stadium. Because it's like, now you're like, oh, look at you. It's like a Mexican Tay-Tay. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> He's doing stadium. And then, of course, clubs. It's very intimate. It's, it's, it's right. instant. You know, it's right there. It's very, very nice. And so there's, of course, you know, pros and cons to both. Right. But, I mean, uh, I, I don't know where it's going to go now. 
I feel like it's only, it's not just go, it's not even going up. You, you've been consistently successful every single year around the world. You know, I, as I started going to other countries, people would tell me they came to my shows because they saw us together doing something. You've traveled to multiple countries, you know, way before other American comedians even have. What do you, like, what do you think, you know, is part of your success? Why do people love Fluffy so much? Even that name, like that nickname, Fluffy, has become synonymous <laughs> with, it's, it's become a joyous nickname. I think it's just one of those, you know what, I'm a fish out of water, I share stories, I try not to get in people's faces. It's always a good time. I'm not trying to preach to you, I'm not trying to tell you what shot to take, I'm not trying to tell you who to vote for, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life, I'm just sharing stories and people can relate to that. You have one of the most diverse audiences I've ever come across. You know, you bring people together, you, you've always enjoyed sharing your heritage, you know, you'll do jokes, some of them will be in Spanish, but then you'll play with English, you'll mess around in the audience. That's what I loved about being on tour with you. When you look at the rest of the world now, do you still have places you dream of going to and performing in, or, or have you done it all? I want to go to South Africa. I'll take you. Uh, and that's why I'm talking to you. This guy, I'll take that, you. That's why I'm telling the man. I thought you were going to say I've, something I, difficult. No, I've, I've pretty much been everywhere, but South Africa has well, always you, been that well, one. you've never that been to South Africa? I've never been to South oh, Africa. Fluffy, we're going to take you to South Africa. Fluffito. Uh, Fluffito, hey. Uh, I mean, Fluffy, uh, you're playing games. You're playing games. I've never been. I, w I would love to go, and I, I think you're the perfect person to take me. I'll Just take saying. you. Let's go. The, um, the other things you're doing in the world, um, I feel like I hear your voice in everything from Space Jam to Paw Patrol to, like, I, I hear, like, your voice, you, you do a lot of voice work, don't a you? A lot of voiceover yeah. work, yeah. yeah COVID, can, man, I had to do something. Because you can do every voice as well. Yeah, I did a lot of, uh, I did, like, three movies from home during 2020. Like you watched them? What no, I did three movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I did I three. Like, Fluffy, I did well, like 20 well, movies I, from I, home. Yeah, what right? do you mean? <laughs> I recorded voice, I did voiceover uh, three, three films while I was home. Right. You know, and you gotta be careful, you gotta be specific, because if you say you work from home doing videos, they think you have an OnlyFans <laughs> or something, right? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I could get paid doing that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you, so you got the movies. Um, wait, I, I heard that you're also working on a, on a new show now, right? Are you doing something else? Uh, doing something for Netflix, yes. yes. Uh, uh, a new film called I Chihuahua. It's a story that, uh, you know... <laughs> You've got to give context as well. You, you, you've got, I mean, you've always been a lover of chihuahuas. Uh, yes, I have, uh, I have a couple of them. Uh, right. I didn't bring them because, you know, that, yeah, freaking. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, yeah, this is this thing, this project I'm working on with, right. uh, you know, the, the pr producer and writer of a, a film called Book of Life. Mm -hmm. And uh, Maya and the Three, we, we got together, George, and we just, we started coming up with this idea. And uh, yeah, it's coming out next year, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Netflix so says yes, but sometimes they say no, but most of the time they say yes, yeah, which is cool. I feel like everyone should say yes to you. you you're one of the, <laughs> the nicest, most wonderful human beings who I've had the pleasure of meeting. Um, you're always kind to comedians. You, you know, when, when they're on the road, you'll bring out comics who are struggling and then you'll give them a leg up. Audiences will get to know them. I would love to know who's the comedian who shaped your life, or not even the comedian, who's the person who like, whenever you look back and go, man, if it wasn't for them, this journey wouldn't be the same. That's my mom. That's my mom. Yeah. She was the one who would always say, hey, help others, but at the same time, she's like, but that's too much help. <laughs> too much. Let them go. Let them go. Sácalos. Pa' fuera. Pa' fuera. 
uh, I mean, early on, you know, it was one of those things where I just started, you know, going on the road and, and no one told me to be nice to people. No one said, hey, help this guy out or take this person on the road. It right. was just like, you know, when I when I came up to you, I knew you were hysterical and you seemed really cool when I met you. So I said, hey, come on. You know, you like Taco Bell? Because you're going to eat a lot of it if you go on the road. And <laughs> you, you think he's joking. So my favorite, my favorite part of being on tour with Fluffy was how we would eat. So, no, because we, like, we, would, we would eat at a different place. Remember, I hadn't, I hadn't eaten at most takeout places in America, and so we'd stop in all of these random cities, and then every night, Fluffy would look at me, and, he, and, and we, like, there was this joke that I was telling, like, one of the jokes had the, the, the word Namin in it, so then he'd be like, hey, Namin, that's what he'd call me, right? So it was like, like, Fluffito Namin, so we'd go there, and he'd be like, Namin, he'd be like, you wanna get, you wanna get uh, Taco Bell? Then I was like, what's Taco Bell? And he'd be like, you never had Taco Bell? <laughs> and we went to Taco Bell, it was a group of us, but still, we bought $100 worth of Taco Bell. <laughs> which, for those who, like, it was bags and bags of, and like, you, I mean, I, like, I, I walked out of Taco, I felt like, like that scene, Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. <laughs> I've never had that much food. And I remember, like, I walked back to the two of us, and I looked at you, and you looked at me, and I just had the bags. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like, I, hey, you never live like this. I've never lived like this. I've never lived like this. It's it's been an absolute pleasure having you. I'm glad I could have you on because genuinely, yeah. you've been you're so busy. You, you basically came in just for this, which I appreciate. You know, this is no genuinely. This guy has like he changed my life. He's one of my favorite people in the world. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being yeah. in my life, Fluffy. Good seeing you, my life, man. I'll see you on the road now. South Africa. I'll see you over South Africa. South Africa. You said it on camera, so it's happening. <laughs> Gabriel Iglesias, everybody. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, tomorrow is election day. So if you haven't already, make your plan to vote. You can find your polling location at vote.org. So get on out there and make your voice heard. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. The wait is over. 
The Shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.